0: Step side. Going for Fitzgerald. Touchdown, Arizona. David Johnson off to the races. He will score. Touchdown,
1: Arizona. And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception. Heading for the pylon. Coming at get you live from a home quite dissimilar to that of head coach Cliff Kingsbury's. Welcome to episode 92 of the British Bird Gang Breakdown. The three-day spectacular that was the first ever virtual NFL draft is over, so why not join us as we break down the Arizona Cardinals selections and everything else. As ever, I'm Tom, and I'm joined by Callum to do just that. Hi, Tom, how are you doing? Surviving. <laughs> good, good.
0: Yeah, as you said, um, not quite as nice as Cliff Kingsbury's house. That was just stunning.
1: I do have windows like him, though, so... Oh, that's
0: nice. Yeah, you got you got big, tall windows. Um...
1: Well, no, I've just got windows.
0: <laughs> just a window, it's fine. No, absolutely spectacular. Um, And the Arizona weather was making me quite jealous as well, especially uh, here on, on such a grey day.
1: Typical British weather, though, so what do you expect? Really? Absolutely.
0: And do you know what? I'm stuck inside anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter. Exactly,
1: as we all are, as we all should be, at least.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, everyone in the draft was certainly stuck inside.
1: That was um, that was weird to watch. I think it went all right though. I don't think there was any technical difficulties or anything like that, except for my stream being like a minute behind, so it was weird.
0: Yeah, if there were any technical difficulties, I would say that they masked it quite well, definitely on the stream that I was watching anyway. And yeah, I was getting text alerts through or, or like um app notifications through. A little bit before the actual selections were happening, but other than that, you know, it was it was basically fine.
1: It's good to say that we've not actually got any news this week, but you know, like we've got any time for the news when there's so much NFL draft talk to talk about? Yeah, we get a whole draft to talk about. That's news enough, right? Exactly, and it's going to take up pretty much every single minute of this episode. So, <laughs> we may as well get on with it. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm
0: pretty excited to tear into the uh, round one pick, uh, number eight overall.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the first round pick at number eight overall, the Cardinals were able to select Isaiah Simmons, a defensive player outside of Clemson. So actually, Isaiah Simmons
0: is one of the names that we were talking about last week. Um, Although i got to say, we we threw it in at the end as like, oh, this is an outside chance. You know, this is the, the, like, could drop to us, but probably won't. You know, they'll probably be gone somewhere in the first seven picks. And there, lo and behold, at eight, on the board, Isaiah Simmons...
1: Yeah, I mean, it turns out all the pre-draft chatter and its inclusion in an increasing amount of mock drafts as we got closer to the draft. It seemed like they were they were actually onto something. As one of the elite talents in the 2020 NFL draft class, fell right into Steve Kimes' lap with the eighth overall selection. Definitely no complaints here.
0: No, absolutely not. I mean, so one of the one of the main you know theories as to why he dropped so far. Um, And you've actually kind of already mentioned it because he is uh, sort of listed almost as a defensive player, um, not really sort of settled into any one particular position yet. But I think that that could be a huge asset actually in the right
1: hands. Exactly. I mean, like we've got Vance Joseph, so hopefully he's the right hands. Yeah, the jury's still out on him, at least. <laughs> Jury is definitely still out. But that being said, you know it's a,
0: I think a, a good get, and I think as you said, one of the the really elite talents in this
1: draft class. So glad to have him on board. I'm not disappointed with it either because he was number two on my top five picks for us. Makes a change. Been happy with, with the selection. I mean, to be fair, I was pretty happy with last year's first pick, but um, that's a that's a whole other story. I mean, it's a lot easier to be happy about the number one overall pick because you pretty much know who they're taking, don't you? When you get further down, it's like you don't know who's going to be available. You can have like an idea, but the chaos kind of takes over at that point. And it's fair to say he's been a pretty productive player for Clemson. In 2018, he was part of the Clemson Tigers side, which won the college football playoffs.
0: Um, And actually quite a big part of it as well for for such a young player at the time.
1: Yeah, and then in 2019, he was a unanimous All-American selection, first team, All-ACC, ACC ACC Defensive Player of the Year, and also the 2019 Butkus Award winner, which is given to the best linebacker in the league. And is also always hilarious. But
0: no, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, this is when we're talking about elite players, you know, these are the awards that you... Um, you almost kind of expect to see, but seeing them all together and in one player, you know, I think it just it points out not only you know an incredible um sort of end to the career, but quite a lot of sort of
1: consistency throughout as well. And also, it was nice to see him get a prize for linebacker, despite the fact he might not actually be a linebacker. He might <laughs> be a safety. He might be anything. That is
0: absolutely true. Um, I mean that's that's where that versatility I was talking about will come into play. And you know, if if we've got. You know, even if he turns out to be more of a lineman or if he turns out to drop back to safety, if he's got that linebacker mentality, then, you know, that keeps offenses
1: guessing, right? Because you never know when he's going to just switch boats effectively. I did see a post on Twitter about, I think it was his last year in college, where he played at least 100 snaps in five different positions on the defense. It was, yeah,
0: he just moved around all over the place. And to be fair, that's something you can do in college. I doubt that it's something that we'll see in the NFL, Um, at least not a lot but that threat being there I think is just an exciting part of it all.
1: I mean we did manage to do it with Tyron Matthew he was all over the place.
0: He was yeah, he managed to sort of jump around to, to sort of safety and so on but I mean look how that ended up for us.
1: Well I mean Simmons is bigger, faster stronger, less of a bitch now. So, so you mean he's Tyron Matthew 2.0? I mean you could call him that so I don't know if it'd be true or not Hopefully, without the injuries and attitude towards the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. Um, but yeah, really good stats overall for his, his college career. You know, just numbers wise: uh, two hundred and thirty nine combined tackles, nine and a half stacks, uh, twenty passes defended. Yeah, <laughs> interceptions, fumbles, recoveries, touchdowns—loads of stuff actually.
1: Yeah, it's fair to say twenty nineteen was definitely his most impressive season. Although it didn't end with the same like team successes twenty eighteen did because Clemson lost to LSU. Um, yeah, but that being you know, it's
0: it, individual merit isn't always uh, tied to tied to titles, unfortunately. And I, I think it's uh the numbers are spoken for themselves. That's why he got to be a first round pick,
1: And a really high first round pick as well. At that, absolutely. Because I mean, there was talk of him maybe going like fourth overall, but you know, to get him at eighth is brilliant. Absolutely. I
0: mean, as I said, it was just one of those high-value picks, and I think while there was a lot of other guys on the board there, and and we talked about a lot of them last week, and um, you can go back and listen to that episode if if you're curious about who it was. But um, you know, there's a lot of other guys there, and a lot of needs that we could have been addressing. But that being said, you know, that kind of talent falls, you just have to take it, right?
1: Looking at his measurables as well. He's six four foot, two hundred and thirty eight pounds. Only twenty one years old as well. Yeah, it does make you jealous. Uh, young for getting into
0: the to the draft like that, and young for um, you know going being one of the first overall, sort of first round uh, picks there. But um, yeah, just uh, performed well in the combine as well, and was one of the fastest linebackers through
1: it. He was the fastest linebacker, actually. Was
0: it? Was he the single fastest linebacker?
1: I've been watching, like you know, when you do the simulcast of the. 40-yard dashes. Yeah. Yeah, Damien ones with, like, Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, like, guys like that. And he was just leaving them. I mean, that
0: puts, like, a a really interesting thing where you could put somebody that is, uh, you know, a big guy like that and put them into... um... You know, a coverage position where they're they're covering wide receivers and stuff, you know, if they've got the speed to be able to do that, then they can pretty much take down anyone, you know, in a a physical one-on-one. It just gives you a lot of versatility for what you can do with a
1: player like that. And obviously that'll be key to find out where we should actually use him, like, to get the optimal performance out of him. Yeah something for Vance Joseph to do in this long off season.
0: Well this this was gonna, one of the questions I had for you is do you think that Vance Joseph will already have an idea as, as to like where he wants him ideally or do you think it's going to be one of those things where they have to kind of get him into training camp and you know have a look at him, see
1: how he performs see how how he fits in with the other guys I think it'd have to be a wait and see because looking back at the teams Vance Joseph's coached, I don't think he's ever had a player like him at his disposal yeah. so there's no one to like look back and think, oh we used him like this. So maybe he can use Simmons like that. Yeah.
0: Um well regardless, I mean the the thing that we always hope for with the first round is that we're seeing day one impact. Um so I'm really looking forward to you know if the season goes ahead, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, training camp and stuff where he starts to play and, and where he does eventually start playing on game day.
1: And of course, as a year one, rookie, he could also be in line for defensive rookie of the year. He's apparently second favourite for that at the moment. That is actually very true. Yeah, that's one that we've not had for a while. I mean, we had defensive rookie last year. Why not go for defensive rookie this year? We've got to get the um, the double there. He's found one of our the seventh round draft pick or goofy offensive rookie this year. <laughs> but we'll get onto him a, m- a bit later. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, for those interested, he'll be wearing number forty-eight in Arizona, which is a weird number for a linebacker.
0: Yeah, um, slightly strange. Did he play that? Did he play with forty-eight in college, or was
1: that a, a new choice? No, in college he was number eleven, but obviously you can't wear number eleven. He
0: cannot wear number eleven in Arizona.
1: And also in the NFL because it's not a wide receiver, you have to have a specific number on defensive side, don't you?
0: That is true. But yeah, you got an interesting factoid here that the uh, the number choice is because Arizona is the 48th state.
1: Apparently so.
0: Yeah, you know, not not one that we would know particularly, having been through the British education system. But um, yeah, fun factoid.
1: Now everyone knows because it was all over Twitter this morning when I woke up.
0: Ah, I see. Well, so that's round one, and you and I were talking about it the day after. We were quite pleased with the round one choice. We were, you know, generally quite happy and um, looking forward to seeing what happens in the in the subsequent rounds. Which, of course, round two didn't really matter for us because we'd already used our round two pick effectively
1: yeah we picked up another player out of clemson with that one we got DeAndre hopkins (laughs) the wide receiver (laughs) as much as i would love to um make fun of the texans
0: some more um i think we've done that enough for now so shall we uh shall we suffice to say that that was an excellent use of a second round i don't regret it at all and uh yeah still hilarious
1: and he's ours now, he's not yours, Houston, so we win.
0: Exactly, yeah, It's going to be in Cardinal Red this year.
1: We do have another link to Houston with our third round pick, though. Josh Jones, offensive tackle out of Houston.
0: Yeah, so we um, we finally had to uh, address that um, offensive line need that we were kind of speculating would be a first round pick, right?
1: Well, I mean, everyone speculates that every single year.
0: Absolutely. But generally, this is another
1: one that was um, was a big fall for us. Yeah, well, I mean, like, with us not having a second round pick, I I thought about, you know, I'm just going to go to bed, set me alarm for three o'clock in the morning and see who we picked up at that time. Turns out, as I turned the alarm on, like I got opened up, we phone, put on Twitter, we were just selecting, and it turned out it was Josh Jones. And I was wondering, is that actually the Josh Jones people were thinking was going to go for, like, in the first round? And it turns out it was.
0: So often with these things, you're just like, oh, well, you know, there's enough guys in this draft. Maybe they'll have the the same name and like Josh Jones is is you know is not the least common name in the world, and so yeah, I I assumed the same thing. I was like, wait a minute, that can't be that guy, can it?
1: And yep, turns out it absolutely was. Pretty much every single mock draft you looked at going into the draft, I'd him at least a late first or even an early second round player. So, God knows what happened there.
0: Yeah, and here he was dropping to um. Yeah, the, the third round. And, you know, rel- I guess relatively early in the third round, but, you know, not that uh, early.
1: I mean, it's still 72nd overall, so it's still quite a bit lower than where most people expected him to go.
0: Oh, absolutely. Consider, like, Consider He's he's kind of mo- almost more than double the, um, the pick number that people were expecting him to be at.
1: Nothing seems to have come out about off-field incident, so it's nothing like that. And also, I don't think he's had any real serious injury issues, so... I guess it's just a mystery as to why he was available for us. You know, I think it's just one of
0: those things where, you know, it can cascade and, and it could just be bad luck. And it could be that every time there's a team that had a an offensive line need, that there was just someone else on the board for them. You know, it's, it's um, just such an unpredictable way of dispensing players, I guess.
1: You'll never guess that this, though, the fact that he's a Texas-based footballer, there's actually links to Cliff Kingsbury, as there seems to be for everyone. I was about to make a joke about like, oh, that can't be, that surely can't
0: be, but I mean, it's just, uh, it's unreal how Cliff Kingsbury seems to know, you know, practically everyone that's played football in Texas.
1: I mean, he probably did
0: try to recruit nearly all of them and most of them rejected him. (laughs) That's true. At least he seems to be friendly with most of them. That's the main thing. Yeah, turned down to the chance to go to Texas Tech and instead uh, played in Houston, but yeah, it doesn't seem to be any particularly bad blood because Cliff Kingsbury was quite excited about that pick as well.
1: And also the Houston coach is someone who's worked with Cliff Kingsbury before as well. So, you know, even more <laughs> links there. So.
0: Well, I mean, that to me puts even more, um, you know, nails in the coffin of there being any off-field issues or anything like that. Because if it's true, you know, that because that, these guys know each other, they're friendly. You know, it's like if there was anything like that, then I'm sure Cliff would have been warned at this point.
1: And of course, with him being an offensive lineman, he's got decent size—six foot five, three hundred and nineteen pounds—with apparently a frame to add more weight, according to scouting report I read. I mean, that's that's definitely
0: exciting because, as we've discussed numerous times, the big uh, hurdle that that you know linemen face coming from college into the to the NFL is having to put on that weight because it really is a big weight difference between you know, college lineman and, and the NFL caliber lineman. um. So it is good to know that he's he's ready to do that. He's ready to, to you know, bulk up. And, um. yeah, I think it's a good pick and exciting, exciting guy to have on the line.
1: NFL comparison to him is one Bobby Massey, an ex-cardinal from years gone by, but who's improved since he's went to Chicago. So, you know, hopefully we get that version of Bobby Massey in. June? <laughs> yeah, not the one that was a Cardinal a few a few years ago I think the question as well is, will he actually start in year one of his rookie season and obviously that'll depend how he progresses in the off season.
0: Yeah, uh, with, with the weight game, with the, you know, even stuff like learning the playbook and, and just adapting to the NFL environment and of course we do have um, uh, both Justin Murray and Marcus Gilbert in that position already.
1: Yeah, so that's two players you'd have to beat out for that position anyway
0: yeah, exactly. That being said, you know, we we kind of almost had eyes on this guy for, for a first-round pick. He was definitely uh, at least on the board.
1: I think, like, if we'd have traded down in the first round, he could have been a target, like, wherever we ended up, like, 16th, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, here we are at 72 and we've got him.
0: I believe that Josh Jones has been a career offensive tackle, as in he's not played anywhere else in the line, right?
1: I don't think he has, no.
0: Yeah, so he's, he's more than likely, you know, definitely. Been taken as a as an offensive tackle specifically. I don't know. I I for me this is one of those ones where it's like I wouldn't be that upset if he didn't start year one, especially given our track record. You know, there's there's always the chance of injuries in that line.
1: But you know, seventy two phenomenal value unless he murdered someone and any of the Cardinals didn't know about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is the danger, but. As far as I can tell, you know, no news stories have come out about it. I'm sure that somebody in the Texas football scene would have warned Cliff Kingsbury, but um, hopefully everything clears out with that. We're ready to go, and I think, as you said, phenomenal value at uh, 71 there.
1: Moving on to the fourth round, where we had two selections, where both were actually spent on the same position, or same position unit, rather. Yeah. With the 114th pick, the Cardinals selected lecky photo a defensive tackle out of utah another
0: big big guy here 6'5 335 so actually even bigger than our offensive lineman
1: he's definitely nose tackle material this guy i'll
0: tell you what there's you know that just sounds scary though right like that is a big man to be lining up
1: against we also have a tedious british link to him as well because in his rugby playing days although I'm not really sure when they were because he's only 22, so how <laughs> he managed to fit in a rugby career between college football?
0: Oh man, he must have done it at like 17 or something, that's absurd.
1: Yeah, apparently he played for a team in London, but I'm not sure which one that would be because, you know, several London rugby teams, aren't there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, if he's played in London, then I am absolutely happy to call him an honorary Brit.
1: The Tongan Terror is his actual nickname. <laughs> It's kind of an honorary Brit.
0: <laughs> well, we can we can at least give him the British Bird Gang badge or something. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll give him some sort of uh, honorary
1: award. As a junior, he made it onto the All Pac-12 team with 33 tackles, five and a half a loss, and three sacks. And in his senior year, he earned third-team Associated Press All-American status, which must be pretty prestigious given all the characters in the title. <laughs> absolutely um
0: no definitely you know in round four you know when we were talking about first round pick it's like these are all the titles that are expected but when you get down to round four honors like that just become a you know it's a nice bonus to have and yeah making it onto the all pack 12 team as a junior is is quite impressive given you know juniors tend to have a bit less playing time you know they they tend to be in and out of of units specially but um to be honest, I'm not sure. Maybe he did play every single snap that year, um, but still, you know, I, I'm I'm reasonably uh, chuffed with you know all those stats, all those uh, things for 114.
1: And of course, I'm not this about the other players as well, but it stands for FOTU and everyone else we drafted. All of them were apparently captains in their respective teams. I think that's just part of, you know, the the
0: size of the pool that gets into the NFL, especially the, the size that gets drafted specifically. You know, the, those tend to be the cream of the crop, the best of the best. And, yeah, you know, seeing them generally a lot of them be captains is not that surprising. Um, that being said, it's good. It shows leadership skill. It shows that people are willing to follow them. Um, you know, I think that's a big uh, underrated thing in, in the NFL. I
1: mean, it's something the Cardinals always seem to focus on because every single year you seem to hear about at least two or three of them have been, like, captains.
0: I think, as I said, I think it's just a little bit of selection bias just because it's, you know, the best of the best guys from each college team get
1: drafted. But, I mean, it doesn't mean the captain's always the best player on the team, does it? No, that's that's true.
0: But it does at least show good character and, and all of that good stuff. And, yeah, if you can be a, a leader, um, then I think that... Generally bodes well for
1: you in the NFL. With the second pick in the fourth round, we took a guy with a much easier name to pronounce in Rashard Lawrence, a defensive tackle out of LSU. That was a uh,
0: one-three-one overall. Yeah, double pick in the fourth round, and I think, uh, as you said, we both we went with both of the both players in the same unit, but um, both of them, you know, pretty uh, pretty exciting picks.
1: And of course, Lawrence is coming into this season off the college football playoff championship win for the Tigers i would kind of love to see
0: actually what the um stats of guys that have won have just won the national championship or or rather the uh college football playoffs what those stats look like for players that then get drafted into the nfl like are they you know guys who tend to uh perform significantly better the year after winning or is it just uh just another game
1: essentially for them well, I mean, in total this year, I think LSU broke the record for most SEC players drafted in one draft and tied like the overall record for all conferences. So I think they're like 12 or 13 people drafted this year. Just a good class coming through, I guess. There's some even better next year as well from them. Yeah.
0: And the Cardinals, of course, have a quite big LSU streak running through at least the defence as well. You know, for for one, there's uh, Patrick Peterson there, you know, big name on the defence was the Tiger and... I'm sure that kind of stuff can can help uh, somebody settle in a bit better.
1: Yeah, and of course, Lawrence was the 2018 Fiesta Bowl defensive player of the game. And in 2019, it was an all-SEC second-team selection.
0: And additionally, he would have just played a game against uh, our first-round pick as well.
1: Yeah, but obviously they wouldn't have been on the field at the same time.
0: Wouldn't have been on the course. field at the same time, but they'd have been, yeah, both there.
1: It can be for us, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely, they can be. Together, uh, it'd be quite exciting.
1: He was a captain with LSU since his sophomore year with the Tigers. One more captain, absolutely. At 6 2 and £308, pounds, he's slightly undersized for what ideally we have at the position. But, you know, he should be a con- contributor anyway, should he be able to stay healthy. Which apparently there was some slight concern about, which seemed to hit his draft stock.
0: It's it's one of those things, again, where this could be, you know, a pick where, I, and especially as we're getting into the fourth round and the late fourth round at that, you know, and this could be somebody that you're drafting to develop. You know, somebody that you see um, something in and, and saying like, right, okay, if we bring you in and we get you trained right, and we, you know, maybe even suit you up on game day and get you ready to to go in for a few snaps here and there, that we can then make you into the player that we want to see next year. But you know, <laughs> grab them now while they're at it. Well,
1: I mean, it was fair to say that the defensive line was probably the weakest group of. Players we had on the roster heading into the draft.
0: Um, yeah, definitely a huge gap that we needed to fill, and and you know picking up two guys here, um, one of which is is like you know just completely physically imposing, and the other one who has just an incredible record on the go. Um, I think that's
1: that's a good start at shoring up that position for sure. It's definitely going to add some depth to the position as well. Maybe not the quality the you know a first round pick at the position would have done, but. We weren't able to get one in the first round because there weren't any.
0: Depth, I think, is a, is a huge thing for that. And it's something that's caught us out in the recent past as well, uh, is not having enough depth in in both line positions, really. So just having more bodies there, more guys that are ready to jump in, I think
1: is, uh, you basically can't go wrong, right? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely got depth for them. Now. Whether it's quality depth, hopefully we never have to find out. And the starters can just play all the time. Yeah, exactly.
0: If we can keep people healthy, that's the main thing. And as you said, you know, if uh, if Rashad Lawrence can be uh, can remain healthy then hopefully he can contribute at least a bit. You know, even if he's in for some series or if he only plays on certain special teams plays
1: uh for a year or two then I'd still be happy with that at this level. Moving on to the fifth round where we would have had two selections had we not used them prior to this draft.
0: Yep, we did use them prior to this draft though for another excellent
1: trade um, from earlier this year where we picked up Kenyon Drake from the Dolphins. Exactly, we just, you know, not really got anything to add here. May as well just brag that we got him for a bargain. Uh,
0: It was a genuine bargain, especially given how well he played for us the second half of last season,
1: you know, and now that he's going to be. Basically, our feature back. And of course, we did get another fifth round pick, which we spent on Jalen Thompson in the 2019 supplementary draft. And of course, he had a, b- a few moments in. Absolutely, but the main thing is that we got Kenyon Drake for a round five pick. Yeah, well, you know, we just got to tidy up all the admin and all that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. And then, yeah, so after that, we're we're really getting to like late late picks, and with um. You know, the 202nd overall pick in round six, we ended up with Evan Weaver, linebacker from California.
1: This wasn't one of our picks to begin with because it came from New England in the Corey Cunningham trade.
0: Ah, really? Okay. It's hard to keep track of these things sometimes. At this point, I I had definitely run out of names I knew, and I was kind of just catching up on you know catching up on it later after uh, all of the dust settled. But yeah, I mean, from what I was reading about Evan Weaver, I he was quite exciting to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, t- a tackling machine is one way to describe him. He's also been quoted as saying he likes to tackle the soul out of players. <laughs>
0: which is terrifying but um yeah i i will absolutely take somebody with that kind of acumen
1: six foot two 237 pounds but not the most athletically gifted white guy i think he ran like a four seven in the 40 which i mean is, isn't totally slow but it's just not like elite standard is it's
0: it? it's not elite standard no but sometimes you know attitude and and commitment and desire are enough to to compensate for a lot of that stuff
1: yeah, as a senior we put together a ridiculous season with California, earning first team Associated Press All American Honors and First Team All Pac twelve with one hundred and eighty two tackles. I
0: mean that's that's really where it comes you know, comes down to it, right? You can be sitting there all day saying like, Oh, he's really small for a linebacker and he's got all these uh he's got all these issues and he's not that fast and all that stuff, but when it comes to playing in actual games against actual people, if he's putting up numbers and things like that, then
1: who cares, right? And he had two pair. He had a pair of games as well where he had twenty plus tackles in each of them. And that's just dominant. <laughs> that's that's like
0: unsportsmanlike at that point. You're got to send them off the field.
1: And also, he managed two and a half sacks, three passes defended, and three forced fumbles.
0: That's yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. That's that to me. More than makes up for any slow time at the, at the 40.
1: Obviously, questions will linger whether he'll be quick enough to actually be an NFL-caliber linebacker, but I can still see him working on special teams. Absolutely. Special teams, practice squad, you know,
0: anything like that. And and when it gets to round six, that can still be good value.
1: Yeah. I mean, it'd be worth giving him a try because... I mean we've got Devondre Campbell on the one year deal. Jordan Hicks is getting up there in years. There'll be vacancies there before too long.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. I think I think there's um plenty of reasons to take someone like that and definitely worth giving him a shot. You know, if there is some sort of secret sauce that he's bringing to it where he can, you know, be quite slow but still get all of these tackles and things, then I'm more than willing to uh, you know, give them a chance to find out what that is.
1: And last but not least in the draft, we spent the 222nd pick in the seventh round on Eno Benjamin running back from Arizona State, which is definitely one move which satisfied Cardinals Twitter.
0: It's one of the things that um, that people just love is, you know, when we do manage to pick up a local boy. And yeah, picking up... a. Uh, somebody from out of Arizona State, and I think it was the first Sun Devil that we've drafted since, since Pat Tillman, right?
1: That's right, yeah. I mean, you know. I think we've had ASU players since
0: then, just not drafted them. Oh, just not drafted them, yeah. But that's, you know, it goes to show that that's uh, quite a meaningful pick in the end.
1: It seemed to be funny as well, I noticed, that you know Benjamin was trending in Arizona after people were constantly begging for him from about round four onwards. <laughs> that's quite funny actually just
0: like just please please draft i mean he went in round seven and for a guy who is in a position group that we don't particularly have a lot of need in he put up some good numbers in college but nothing too spectacular i think you know round seven is you could argue that he could have gone higher but i think it's a pretty fair place for him to be drafted really
1: and i mean you say he was a local boy but he's not really he's from
0: texas well, he's from, t- but he played locally. So that that makes him local enough.
1: And you'll never guess who he has links with being from Texas.
0: Uh, no way, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't know another Texas football guy.
1: Yeah, apparently he was once tapped up for Cliff Kingsbury to go to Texas Tech. He <laughs> went to, to Arizona State.
0: Instead. <laughs> Does Cliff Kingsbury just turn up your turn up at your door if you're over like six does he just come and have a knock on your door if you're if you're over 6'2 and somewhere near Texas?
1: I think if you just live in Texas, it's enough for him. <laughs>
0: oh, man. That's great, though. Was, um, You know, another one that uh, obviously, if, if Cliff's known him for a while, then
1: there you go. Eventually gets his guy once again.
0: Yeah, he, he seems to get there all the time eventually.
1: There was one thing I read was maybe why he fit, fell to the seventh round of the draft. And that's what? The fact that he has small hands. <laughs> um i mean to be fair if you've not got the hand span to hold on to the football then that is not a good sign i mean i don't think that's small I, i've not got any hand measurements on hand to check
0: oh um, no but i do know that for instance that like linemen have a uh, linemen lineman uh, that uh, wide receivers do actually tend to have freakishly really large hands for their body size like a big hand span yeah, they're like 10 inches, 10, 11 inches. Something like. If you've not got the hand span, like you and I, Tom, we've both played American football to some extent or other. The ball is large and actually quite tricky to hold on to. Um, so if you've not got big hands, I can see why that would be a, a you know, potential issue.
1: I was never in a position to hold the ball, so I'm fine. <laughs>
0: it's just, you've at least been near the ball though, right? I know what a ball is. <laughs> um but yeah no i i can see why he might have fallen for that but as i said you know i think i think um round seven is a pretty fair place to pick him up and i think it's a nice use of a round seven pick hopefully we'll we'll get some use out of him on special teams at least you know this year next year perhaps but uh you know it could be nice to see him uh, suit up as a running back as well even if it's just for a backup role
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's not like we're too deep at the position. We've got Kenyon Drake, we've got Chase Edmonds. Behind that, you know, there's no one. It's DJ Foster, but I'm sure you can easily beat him out.
0: It's very true, but I would also hope that we did keep at least one healthy running back for the whole season.
1: We'll hopefully have that with Kenyon Drake as long as we don't use him too much.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see how heavy on the uh, run the offense decides
1: to be, the run red. And of course, once the NFL draft is over and Mr. Irrelevant has been selected, Focus moves on to undrafted free agents, and the Cardinals announce that they signed 21. You, you've written them out as a whole list here, and it's quite imposing. Yep, so we have no idea who the hell any of these guys are, <laughs> just names to us.
0: Yeah, um, but we'll start off. We've got, we got two running backs. Um, We've got Sergio Hoffman. Am I saying that right? Sergio? We'll get Sergio Hoffman out of Portland State. Uh, and we've we'll got Jonathan Ward from Central Michigan.
1: If anyone knows who they are, please write in. <laughs> Absolutely, because we don't. We've got wide receivers. we got, I'm assuming it's Jeremiah Braswell from Youngstown State. Shane Leverbury from Towson. Rashad Medaris from Cincinnati, Devin Phelps from Shepherd, and JoJo Ward from Hawaii. And we're
0: now also getting to the to the stage where I don't know where some of these colleges are. Um so there are people I don't know from colleges I don't know. I'm sure you know where Hawaii is. Yes, generally. We've also picked up two tight ends. Uh, we've got Ryan Becker from SMU and um Parker Houston from San Diego State. Um Interesting to see two tight ends coming out there, but I'd am uh, you know, i be pleased to see if those guys making a difference.
1: Of course, in the Cardinals, you've got to select defensive linemen. So we've got four here. We've got Jake Benzinger from Wake Forest, Jackson Dennis from Holy Cross. contrast him because he's got, like, oh, it's his first name.
0: First name, yeah, first name, surname, mix-up.
1: There's also Drew Dickinson from Findlay and Steven Gonzalez from Penn State. Don't think he's any relation to Zane, but you never know. Steve Gonzalez and Zane Gonzalez.
0: We picked only two defensive linemen up in the undrafted free agents, but I guess we got our fill with the drafted guys. Um, we got TJ Carter from Kentucky, and we got Adam Schuler from Florida.
1: One linebacker was Reggie Walker from Kansas State.
0: We got four cornerbacks. uh, Zane Lewis uh, from the Air Force. We got Jace Whitaker, Arizona boy. uh, Jaron Williams from Albany. And Bajur
1: Wilson from Liberty. If you mean from Albany? I wonder if you know if it's steamed hams or steamed clams.
0: (laughs) Oh, heavens no, it's uh, not from Utica anyway.
1: And last but not least, we've got Reggie Floyd, a safety from Virginia Tech. Hopefully a better Floyd than the last one. Uh, the large class includes Air Force cornerback Zane Lewis. He's a cousin of former NFL cornerback Sean Springs who had 15 pass breakups as a senior and returned his two career interceptions 99 yards each for a touchdown. Hey, okay. Well, even if one of those comes true, that's uh, useful, right? And one more fact I've got from, I found on the internet. Fun fact about Cardinals and drafted free agent Jeremiah Braswell. In Ohio's Defensive free high school state title game in 2014. He helped lead Toledo Central Catholic to a 56 52 win over Athens, recording a TD reception as well as an interception off of Athens QB named Joe Burrow. Hey, okay. That could be a, a fun matchup
0: again at some point.
1: If he sticks around. If he sticks around. Well, Bur- there you Burrow, go. I mean,
0: he might be a bust. <laughs> Either of them. But yeah, no, that's um that's quite a good fact. How much digging did you have to do to get to that one?
1: Not much because I think it was Cardsmark D you twitter that out. Ah,
0: okay. So, well the source of everything. Sometimes they just fall into your lap, especially if you follow Cardsmark D.
1: I would have liked to maybe find out some more about these guys, but you know, you might not even be around that much longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh
0: it's hard to start, you know, um caring too much when there's just such a revolving door around these things, but It's going to be a strange one, because normally at this point we'd be talking about um, seeing seeing what happens as we start to move into sort of mandatory mini-camps and things like that, and rookie camps and all of that, but as far as I know, they're all currently cancelled.
1: As far as I'm aware as well, there's nothing going on. Like, Obviously, there'll be virtual meetings, that sort of thing, but nothing like person to person, thanks to coronavirus. All we can
0: do, I guess, is live in hope that we actually get a season this year. That's my, uh, that's my big thing that
1: I'm thinking of. We better do. I've put a few quid on the Cardinals to win fifty <laughs> to one. <laughs> do you get your money back if it's never played? I think you do, yeah. But I mean, it just goes into the next season anyway,
0: unless everyone is declared a technical winner for. Um... You know, bravery during the coronavirus scare, at which point you win anyway. You win your I mind. mean, I'd take that.
1: <laughs> Betting company probably wasn't paid out, but you know, I'll take them to court.
0: <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I guess that's it from us for an unspecified amount of
1: time. Yeah, but as always, I'll always be on Twitter at British Bird Gang with memes and all sorts of rubbish like that. So if you're not following, go follow that already. And if you want to
0: join in with the community, then uh, hop on to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang and get involved there.
1: And of course, buy British Bird Gang t-shirts at britishbirdgang.tml.com. As far as I'm aware, they're coronavirus-free. So I've not got that to
0: worry about. (laughs) Tom should point out this is not a legal disclaimer, and uh, he cannot firmly guarantee that they are not coronavirus-free.
1: Correct. If your postman's got it, it's not my fault. But yes, until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye until who knows when.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And cheerio. And hopefully see you soon.